Welcome to another Brave Conversation. Just real girls talking real life. I hope you're encouraged as you listen in and join the conversation. Today's recording is a general conversation. We understand that the challenges of mental health are diverse and unique to each person. If you are struggling with depression, anxiety, or other mental health concerns, please seek medical advice. There are helpful contacts listed in the description of this podcast. If you are in an emergency or at immediate risk of harm to yourself or others, please contact emergency services on triple zero. Well, I'm thrilled today to have three incredible women to talk to. These are women that I personally look up to and intentionally lean into what they say and how they live because they are wise, they are spiritually mature, and they are just plain lovely. So welcome today to our senior pastor, Pastor Anne Graham. Pastor Claire Hearn and Mel Martin. Welcome today, girls. Hello. Do you know what I love about recording these podcasts is no hair and makeup. Yes, me too. (laughs) Me too. We could be in our pyjamas. Exactly right. We could be right now in our pyjamas and it doesn't devalue what we have to say. Absolutely. I love that. I think we've all been a part of um, filming a Highway at Home episode now and we've been – had our flyaway hairs stuck down and the camera <laughs> angle changed and the lighting changed. So it's awesome to just be able to chat yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not great. worry about what we look like. Or <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're catching up to follow on and break down a little bit further the conversation we had with counsellor and psychologist Greg Gardner. Um, he was such a lovely, kind and qualified man to talk to. Um, and he generous, generously gave of his time and his talent because he really does feel like he's here on the earth to help people, help people get through the challenges of mental health. And those challenges can be so diverse and out of our qualifications sometimes to deal with. Um, but our job is to come alongside people and to be a friend, to point their focus and their attention to Jesus um, and to be a support wherever we can. And so I felt it was important to get that conversation out there. And now it would be great just to have a chat and break down further what we got out of it um, and how we see things from a biblical perspective Mm -hmm. and add another thought to that. Pastor Clay, did you say that he um, went out to the farmers? Yes, he's got a real heart for the farmers with drought there's a lot of um, hopelessness out there. So he's actually turned a lot of his psychology strategies into a USB stick. Yep. And he sends it out to the men because it's such a private thing, this mental health. And he goes out and he gives free, well, he actually has a cost on them, but he often ends up giving it out free. Yeah. Um, don't know if he wants to advertise, but <laughs> but, it. <laughs> but um, he's gone because he's had such a heart for the suicides out in the farmers. Yeah, and that just shows his heart and mm. really his intention mm. to what he does. So I really appreciated his time. Mm. Um, so why don't we just start today by 
maybe saying one thing that we really liked about the conversation, something we got out of it, something we learned. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start with you, Pastor Anne? Yeah, I, I think the, the first session that you did with Greg, I just thought both it was timely and it was honest. And, and I think also as Christians, sometimes, you know, we've, it's been awkward to admit that maybe I did have an overwhelmed mind. And, and I think because we are faith people, we feel that if we become overwhelmed, particularly in that mental area, because it's unseen, and if we become overwhelmed emotionally or we become overloaded in our thinking, then we think that we're not walking by faith. And yet the reality of our lives is because we are human and we live in a world that has many, many challenges. And so that first session that you did with Greg, and you, I think you called it the overwhelmed mind, I thought what a great start because number one, it causes us to ask ourselves the question, am I, am I in an overwhelmed state? And if so, what can I do to change that. Yeah. And he gave us some great tools. So I think that's a great place to, to start yeah. today. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. What about you girls? Yeah, thanks. Um, so what I particularly liked is, is probably similar to you, Pastor Anne, is that what Greg highlighted is that he likes to take a holistic approach to therapy. And I think it's important for us to recognise and to acknowledge that when God made us, He made us physically and spiritually. We are an integrated unit of body and and spirit Mm -hmm. and we need to honour all of that. We can't just focus on the spirit and neglect our body. Our mind is very much part of that. Um, So I think that that was one thing that I really liked uh, Mm -hmm. about what what he bought. And I think probably it would be fair in saying Sometimes the mind is the most neglected place that we go to. Yeah. Uh, we might look after our, our bodies, we might exercise, we might try and eat well, but the mind can be a neglected area. Mm. And so I'm pleased that we live in a day where this is being spoken about a lot, mm. more freely yeah. and more openly and honestly. And there's no shame in it, but there's great freedom on the other mm. side. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think that's what spoke to me was that we're having the conversation. Yeah. We're having the conversation because there's silent torment with mental health. Yeah. And you learn to put a face on, you learn to turn up and do what you need to do. And yet underneath that, there is this shame and this feeling of failure mm-hmm. and I'm not winning and you don't know where to go with that. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to, I happened to be actually walking my dogs by a creek when Kay sent me the podcast and I had a listen and it actually stopped me in my tracks because I thought this is practical this is going to reach all of us in whatever season in life we find ourselves in where we are struggling and life happens to remind ourselves that there is a way out. Yeah. And that's what spoke to me was that we have power mm. in the, the spoken word. Yep. We get to speak. And when we speak the power of that word, and he did that little exercise, you know, counting down. And yep. since the podcast, <laughs> I've shared that with a few yeah. people. You're in that panic moment. Okay, just count down in your head. Do the 10, you know, then do it again in the middle, just shout your name and how it just interrupts our thoughts, but it's the spoken word. And I don't know whether it was in the first or the second when he said, um, if there's a shootout between words and a thought, words are going to win every time. And so that was a shout to me, how powerful it is that we don't just think good thoughts, we speak them. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, thinking about my dad that grew up in a post-war home um, and all the things they lived with as a family, the brokenness they lived in because of what was experienced in the war, but it was never spoken of. Like to this day, my dad will say he doesn't really know what his dad went through because you did not talk about it. Mm. And you think about all those lives that were affected by someone not being able to confront what's going on in their own mind, the memories or the trauma. And we live in a day where there's just so much equipping to get through it better. Um, And he said one thing that I didn't know that I really learned. And he said, not all your thoughts belong to you. Mm. And so you have permission to not let every thought land. And Pastor Shane Willard said that. Yes in his message to us the other Sunday as well, that you can give permission to only good thoughts landing in your mind. I think there's some things you just have to give an eviction notice on, Yeah, you know, Mm. and I I make it public. Sorry for all the snake lovers out there and the (laughs) keepers of snakes, but, um, (laughs) you know, I I had an experience some years ago when a a snake snake came into the house and curled itself around my ankle. And and I remember that experience because I felt it was a time when it it was like that doesn't belong here and we don't have to coexist together. And the Lord took me down a road whereby do that in other areas of your life too there are some things you actually don't have to learn to coexist with you need to give them the eviction notice there's no access here you don't belong which is really what Greg was saying and and certainly in this thought area that is an area where it's untrained and it has to be trained we don't naturally have a disciplined mind we've got to become disciplined in our thoughts do you do you think sometimes as christians we often think if we're going through this place of a mental anxiety or health issue that we've done something wrong You know, um, because I think that's where the guilt and shame with keeping the conversation closed yeah. is, well, what did I do wrong that I'm struggling so much? Mm. Um, I know that I went through that and I remember thinking, okay, I need to repent of everything I've ever done <laughs> because why am I struggling in my mind and why am I having this this problem? Yeah. And there's so much shame attached to that. With, you know, when we learn that this is just something that has come into our life and it's either born from trauma or pain or crisis or grief, Um, We don't physically know how to deal with such pain. And that is why I think it catches us by surprise, Mm. is because that pain is a new place we've never been to before. Mm. So some people deal with it easily and they're very expressive with it. Others internalise and that becomes like a trauma, that place where those thoughts go for a landing place. And I think it's understanding in mental health that there is a reason. I heard someone say that depression is just a sign of an inward inward wound that needs to be healed. Mm. Something that needs to come out the open, to be exposed to the light, to be able able to be healed. And when we see mental health as the same as a physical um, sickness in our body, then we go and fix that pain in our body mm. and we deal with it. But in, internally and emotionally, you know, we often don't do that. Mm. And I think he was sort of really giving us that uh, little eye opener into these things can be healed. Yeah. You're not stuck. At the end. That's right. Yeah. You're not stuck. And I love that because that brings hope. Yeah. Mm. And even aside from a big thing happening in your life, a trauma or even just the neglecting of taking care of something, you know, I think about the heart as well, where the heart left unattended 
is not the best place sometimes to make a decision from or, you know, it can be led by emotion and the mind I think is the same where even if I haven't gone through something massive Mm. but my thoughts left undisciplined and unattended to can lead me somewhere that I never actually meant to go there. Yeah, Um, I think he said something like your mind must be supervised. Yes. Yes. And your mind doesn't actually know what (laughs) to think. He said it's like a toddler left in a room, which I relate to. uh, (laughs) Have you ever thought like that? I never thought of it like that. And your mind doesn't know what to think. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Okay. Have you ever stopped and just listened to yourself? Like it's like an autopilot in your mind, yeah. just having a conversation, like a narrator in a in a film or something like that. So I think just slowing down, yeah, and listening, and identifying it. And once you've identified it, pin it, yeah, take it captive, submit it to Christ, like we're told to do in the Bible. Yeah, so I think that's really important. If we can recognize it, then we can do something about it. Well, you can be justified or feel like you're justified in your way of thinking because of a situation. And so situations come to us all. They can uh, blindside you. You know, they can take you by surprise and your emotions and your perspective is not caught up with the situation. And so it takes you down a journey and sometimes, sometimes those journeys are prolonged. And it's the prolonged journeys that the wear and the tear comes on our, on our bodies, our emotions, our soul. It's a challenge of your faith because it's, it's long, you know. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's how we walk with God in these times that it really, really matters because eventually you'll get to that spot and say, I don't have to live this way anymore. And you come back to the fundamental truths, which is what he was saying. And I, I agree. I think the the counting backwards, it was funny. As I was getting ready this morning, I started going 10, 9, 8, yeah. 7. And then I, I brought my name in and I, all of a sudden the counting stopped. Yeah. And it's a Where great exercise. It's a great it exercise. It intercepts the, th- the thought, doesn't it? It really does. And it's the sound of your voice. Just mm. the frequency does mm. change. Yeah. We talked about that, Kay, yeah. and it, li- it shifts the frequency. Yeah. Yeah, it shifts yeah. the frequency. Simple, simple strategy. Yeah. But it's backed up in the book of James as well. Yeah. You know how the book of James, we, we, we don't have time to go into it, but the book of James says that if we're double-minded yeah. in our thoughts, double-minded in all of our ways, yeah. then we're, we're thrown around, you know, like a, yeah. a ship all over the place. Mm. It's got no rudder. It's, it's mm. got no place to be stable in. That's and, right. and that's what can happen with this unseen area called yeah. the mind and the soul, which is all connected. The emotions go all over the place. Our thoughts are unruly. You know, we've imagined things that aren't there. Or we've built it up bigger than perhaps what it was, or perhaps it is as big as what it what it is. And and so we can be thrown around like like the book of James says. And but it's interesting because we are talking about counting backwards and say your name <laughs> somewhere around about five or six. And the book of James says that the tongue is that unruly member and who can tame it. Mm. And yet if you can control that and say right in the midst of this thought Mm. pattern, right in the midst of me about to lose it, right in the middle of me about to just, um, you know, act in a way I don't want to act, if you can stop and put God's word in there. Yes. To just sabotage mm. that line of thinking and that line of behaviour, 
then the word of God will always trump. Yeah. Always trump yeah. the behavior pattern Very and the good. thought pattern that's happening Very right good. there. And and you're gonna to have to do it more than once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if only it was a did that, you know, and yeah. we're right. That's where the discipline comes yeah, in, yeah. the ongoing training. You know yeah. what I loved? I loved when he said, you know, he, he researched all the strategies and all the things that are yeah. going to help. <laughs> and then he found that these were ancient strategies <laughs> that may have come from the book of Proverbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Holy Spirit said, you just had to ask me. <laughs> but, you know, I have heard of a lot of um, people who have come out of rehabs and things and they've actually been taught to take a proverb every day. Wow. Read a proverb every yeah. day. It will help to renew your mind. Yeah. Change Incredible. the way you think. Um, so the word God of God. gave us the tools. Yes. Didn't he? Gave so us the we weapons. need to not neglect the yeah. word of God because that is powerful. Yeah. I heard the word delete, delete coming from the other room <laughs> from my husband. I came in and I said, what are you doing? He's like, well, I listened to the podcast and I... I had a thought, so I just said, delete, delete out loud. <laughs> so good. So good. Like, That's awesome. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. So simple. You know, I think with this whole thought thing, um, you don't always recognise that it's not your thoughts. Yeah. Mm. And I think that was a big thing for me when I went through a really dark time. Um, I didn't recognise what was my thoughts and what weren't my thoughts. They just seemed to be all my thoughts. Mm. It seemed to be my voice and it seemed to be so truth and so this is what circumstances are saying and this is what feels real. Yeah. And um, I think when I listened to him, especially the second session, um, I realised that, you know, God took me on a journey on learning that it was, you know, renew your mind, but it's not just renew your mind. It's learn what is the truth and what's the lie. And so, you know, that's easy to say, but then you've got to ask yourself, well, how do I know it's a lie? And I always remember hearing Bill Johnson saying that um, any thought devoid of hope is under the influence of a lie. And a thought has no power over you unless you make agreement with it. So that Mm -hmm. word delete is saying I'm making no agreement with that that thought. And that can be a thought of I'm not good enough. You know, just a thought will pop in. I'm a failure. You know, I I don't do things well. And the moment you go, yeah, that's true because look at this and look at this, that now has taken, as Pastor Shane said last Sunday, a landing ground. You've just given an access to land on your territory and your life and to start to shape your life. Really powerful. So, you know, just discerning lies and truth is really what opens something up for, especially for me, for freedom. Yeah. yeah, I think speaking is really important when it comes to that because you can't stay silent because silence is a grievance. So I think that's why it's even more important to say, no, I don't partner yeah. with this. That is not from my God. It's not what he says. It's not what I say. Yeah, yeah. No And I think he's even said if a, if a thought comes in and that wouldn't be something that God would say about you, yeah. then that's a lie. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, the thing is in life – Trouble does come. Mm. Trauma does come. Disappointment, discouragement come in clusters at times. <laughs> and, you know, it, it will affect everyone's life in a different way, depending on what the story is, but it will come. Mm. When I when I broke my arm um, a few years ago on a – I'd like to say it was a motorbike, but it wasn't that <laughs> – 
wasn't quite that cool. It wasn't that cool. I wasn't in a leather jacket or, you know, sequin pants or anything. Going down a mountain. No, we're talking bells and baskets, people. Bells and baskets. We're talking my pretty green bike that my family bought me for my birthday and I just had a bad fall. It was so bad. I ended up in an ambulance being taken off to the hospital and having three and a half hours surgery to put bits and pieces back together again. And so today I'm held together by plates and pins and it was a long recovery. Do you beep when you go through the airport? No, I did ask that question and I was a little worried I was a security (laughs) risk, but apparently I'm not. Um, I've not beeped yet. (laughs) Maybe if they upgrade their equipment, I might, who knows? But anyway, the thing is the recovery process for that was really the best part of a year. Mm -hmm. But I felt the Lord say to me, don't, because the pain was, was extreme. It was an extreme pain. It wasn't mild. I didn't do a small thing. but Can I, I just say? Yes, please do. <laughs> you saw it all. Are we going to hear some secrets? <laughs> yeah. When you're in hospital, because it was holiday time. It was. At the beginning of the holidays. Yes. And you didn't just ruin it for you. <laughs> I will say. I will say. We all suffer. Uh, oh but you all felt the pain. <laughs> yeah. All that. Uh, Does that mean no bikes business. on holidays now? <laughs> they, no, they, there's so many things we can't do. Tennis, bikes, all kinds oh of injuries that yeah. mum has sustained. I have got a list. But I will say when you're lying in that hospital bed, <laughs> you were so cute because – it was shattered. Like we could see the x-ray on the wall and there was literally bone everywhere. And she's going, you know what? I think it's just sprain. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've twisted As soon as I started talking surgery and, you know, a cast and it was like, yeah, no, look, I think it's just sprained. And dad and I look at each other like, oh no. (laughs) We've got a harsh reality on its way. Sadly, sadly, alas, <laughs> it went beyond the sprain. But the, but you know, there are lessons in life, and this recovery process because I was stuck at right angles, and so I couldn't use my hand, I couldn't use my fingers, and I couldn't move my arm. But during that recovery process, after several months, I felt the Lord say to me, "Don't overstay in the recovery time any longer than you need to, because pain does come." A need for recovery must happen, but eventually you've got to move again. And so on the other side of the pain, on the other side of the process of recovery, I had to learn to use my hand again, my arm again, and start to lift weight again. And the Lord began to teach me that's what it's like in Mm. life's lessons as well, because pain does come. And times, depending on how deep that pain runs, you may need a time of recovery to get back perspective, to get back, regain confidence. But eventually you've got to step out again. Eventually you've got to trust again. Eventually you've got to allow your confidence to grow again and start to move. And that means engaging with people again yeah. or going back to church again or talking to the people you need to talk to that may have wounded you. Whatever yeah. the process is, eventually don't overstay in your recovery yeah, yeah. time. Don't stay on the stretch. Yeah. So it yeah. was an arm, but it also relates to yeah. bigger things as well. You know, yeah. I remember when you went through that time and I was so impressed with the way you walked through it because when we are in pain, even if it's just physical pain, we, we can isolate. And I think one of the things when you're going through something is not to isolate, to find good community. And I remember you coming and still speaking, you know, at different places and sharing your journey 
And I think part of our recovery of from mental health or mental any issue in your life is to share a little bit when you can. Yeah. And as you can, I think that's part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. It's really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And like you say, when we're in pain, the first thing we want to do is withdraw. And that might be okay for a season. That There might be time for that as well. But like you're saying, mm-hmm. mum, it's, you know, we can't stay there. You can't no. stay there no, indefinitely. No. Yeah. There, there is a timeline on it mm, yeah. and you have to be brave enough to yourself to call that timeline, yeah. you know, and start to step out. And it can be – because I, I know people who have driven up the church car park and cannot come inside mm. because they're too scared. Mm. Yeah, There's an anxiety there. Mm. There's a, a fear there. Mm. Um, maybe they're f- afraid of what people may think of them or maybe they're afraid of being rejected mm. and they'll drive away again. And, and I think if we can just cross that line and say the welcome matters out and we're all with you, yeah. we're out, we are all with you. We don't have to be everyone's solution, but we are all with you yeah. side by Absolutely. side. And, uh, yeah, we've all been there in one level or another. I yeah. think so, and I think we're all beautifully broken, Yeah, you know, in that place of being beautifully broken, but we've also got a message of restoration. Mm. Yeah. So unless you come out of isolation, you often don't get to hear that there's hope and there's restoration and there is a way through because we get to share our stories together. And when you hear someone else's testimony of what God did with a very similar situation to your life, it just sparks faith Mm. and hope. And, you know, testimony really is God giving, it's us giving God right to do it again and do it in our lives. So it's so valuable to come into a community where you can hear hope and hear faith. And I I think, Pastor Anne, you should us, your message is faith. It, it, it always sparks that in us. And if we didn't come into that atmosphere, we'll never grab hold of that light yeah. far dark. Yeah. You know. So this is why I think God created us to be in community. Yes. And, and we need community for our healing. Mm. We need to hear those stories. We need to know that people love us and they care about us and we're not alone in our journey. Yeah. And that is a powerful, powerful thing. Thanks for joining us. You can help keep the conversation going by subscribing and staying connected. Catch you next time for another Brave Conversation.